independent, expressive of a spirit of independence, self-confident, unconstrained. Good evening. It is an absolutely beautiful evening here in Southern California. You are listening to Independence Day. This is the show that examines the changing face of the music business and the people who are doing the changing. Independence Day brings you independent artists, producers, and music industry visionaries with in-depth interviews, live performances, and inside information without hype and direct from the artists who practice their craft. Tonight on Independence Day, The Burn Riffs. Two guitars, bass, and drums is standard-issue rock band territory, so it's often other more intangible factors that make or break a new act. Usually it's some indescribable voodoo combination of luck and hard work that gets a band noticed. But luck, as they say, favors the prepared, and that's where the hard work comes in. For the Los Angeles-based band The Burn Riffs, hedging their bets and courting that sometimes elusive luck starts with a strong work ethic and innovative ideas. Ideas like making a music video shot entirely on fans' cell phone video cameras. So far, the approach seems to be working. The Burn Riffs recently performed an exclusive set at Yahoo Music's World Headquarters, joining the shortlist of bands that includes bands like Mumford & Sons to perform in that venue. Welcome to Independence Day, Rick, Clay, Kevin, and Scott, who collectively make up the Burn Riffs. Thank you. Happy to be here. We've got a four-piece band in the studio tonight. We've got amps buzzing. We're very much looking forward to hearing those amps tear it up in just a little bit. But first, let's get to know you guys just a little bit. Let's, uh, once you state your names here into the microphone, first name, last name, so we know who we're dealing with for the IRS and everybody else. <laughs> so we'll start with Cheerful. you. Cheerful. Yeah, I exactly. want them to know where we are. We'll start, yeah, as per usual, we'll start with the singer because that's where, that's where it kind of, that's, that's the, what people who don't perform music, that's what they listen to the Thank most. You. And your name, but, sir, uh, is? Everybody looks at Kevin while I'm on stage. Yeah. My name is Rick Hack from... Uh, Palms near Culver City. Okay, beautiful Culver City. Beautiful Culver City. Downtown. Okay, and you're not an Angel. Are you not a native Angelino? That's no. Correct. I grew up on the East Coast. Okay, tell me a little bit about that. So, I grew up outside of Baltimore in a okay. town called Randallstown. You watch The Wire. Everybody asks me that, of course. Yeah. It's because it's the most it's unbelievable, great. unbelievably <laughs> great TV knows. show in the history of television. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. All right, and then next on bass we have. Uh, I'm Kevin Smiggle on bass, guitar, and uh, backing vocals. Okay. And uh, I grew up in uh, Philadelphia, actually. Oh, another East Coaster. Yeah, but I've uh, been out here for about half my life or, or just over that. So Yeah, you're a naturalized citizen now. Exactly, yeah. Very nice. And over here on drums, for straight ahead of me in our studio, we have... Scott Sandifer okay, from Scott. Hermosa Beach. Are you native to Hermosa Beach? I'm not. Uh, native of the Midwest. Grew up in Indianapolis. Oh, okay. A Hoosier. A Hoosier. So are you pro or anti John Mellencamp? Uh, you know, I saw John Mellencamp when he was a nobody time yeah. and time and time again. So yeah. it's, it's just kind of a fixture, yeah, for better or worse. Kenny Aronoff, though, I mean, great man, drummer, man, one of my favorite drummers Fantastic ever. Drummer. And I've I've heard the thing about him is that it's his spirit. Like I've heard him going like read interviews where he'll go into a session with just some band, and he'll just come in like a whirlwind. And if like things are dragging or things aren't going well, he'll just like put pixie dust in the air and just and i don't mean cocaine like he'll, <laughs> he'll put like some kind of magic like his his life force is so strong that he can just like really take over a session and like make it happen yeah there are technical players and there are there are the field players and kenny's definitely the best of the field players yeah and he doesn't play with i understand he doesn't play with melon camp anymore he does so much other stuff i don't think so yeah i think that was a long time back actually yeah those are big shoes to fill that's kind of like scott though he's, he's, he's yeah. definitely he a field player I turned down Melon Camp a few times. I said, look, burn riffs are are Johnny, and I I had to go burn riffs. And the the weather's a lot better here. I mean, Seymour, Indiana, I've driven past it numerous times. It's a a fine place. I grew up in a town very much like Seymour uh, up north, uh, up 3,000 people, so, and been through Seymour a number of times myself. Yeah, are you you along the I-65 corridor? I'm up along the I-69 corridor, okay. but, but everything's a freeway in Indiana because there's no water. So, I mean, there we call them interstates. 
That's right. They don't call them freeways in the That's Midwest. Right. It's something else. And they don't put the they don't put the number in front. They don't put an article in front of it. No. You don't say the sixty five. You just say you're taking sixty five. I sixty five. Exactly. And last, of course, but not least, playing the. He's got some cool. You should see this guy's pedal board. I'll try to take some pictures and post it on the website later. Tell me who you are and what you're all about. Um, my name is Clay Summers, and yes, I'm the lead guitarist, and uh, I like my pedal board too. Yeah. You've got a, I've noticed you've got a lot of empty real estate on there. There's like a there's this whole treatise yes. about pedal boards. Like the guys, the bigger the board, like the more stuff they try to put on there. Yes, every every little piece of real estate, like I already have, like it's like like monopolies. I already have like a plan of like a little something yeah. to go there. It just kind of has to like populate yeah. itself over time. And, and are you maniacal about like your gain structure and like what pedal comes before what? Or you just kind of just throw it together with some velcro? It's like somewhere in between. Like I. I I become maniacal about it, and then I start playing, and it just kind of all start. I'll find a sound and just kind of dial into it. And yeah, I get. I mean, I'm not the biggest pedal board guy in the world, but I've definitely drawn out little schematics, like like what. Because yeah, I, yeah. I I want it to be really simple. Like that's my whole thing. Like because you know, once when you're on stage and you've your adrenaline's going, and maybe you've had a beer, and there's some people there in the audience, and it's late, right. and something goes wrong. Like I want like the most important stuff right in front. So that's the stuff I use the most, right? It's Absolutely, nice and yeah. simple. Because I don't, I don't like that whole like Johnny Greenwood dance thing where you let like, hit sixteen pedals or Steve yeah. Vai. The thing, yeah, I have to remember is is when I have different settings in between songs, and we'll like go yeah. right into it and do something like, oh yeah, I have to turn the gain all the way down for this song. It's gonna, yeah. you know, sound yeah. crazy. Well, welcome to all of you. It's very nice to have you here. Like I said, I'm very much looking forward to hearing some of the music you guys have brought and talking about all the things that you've been doing, the Yahoo thing, and I'm I'm really interested in this video how you did this crowdsourced video with all the people's phone cameras, because that's something that couldn't have been done even three years ago. You know, So we're going to talk about all that. But first, I want to give everyone something to listen to, what you guys are all about. This is a, this is a world premiere of this song? World premiere. You're the first world one, premiere. That's That's well, me and all of our listeners, of course. Uh, this is a track called My Brother from an upcoming EP. Is there any, like, um, it's a rough track, you said, but it sounds pretty close to being done. Would you consider it to be pretty close? Yeah, I just need some more mixing and maybe a little more mastering to it. A little more pixie dust? Yes, a little more Scott action. A little more. I thought you were going to say scotch. <laughs> scotch, that <laughs> a little, too. A little more scotch. All right, so this is the track. We're ready to cue this up here. My name is Joe Armstrong, as always. I'm very, very thank you, thankful for all of you listening to my show. This is Independence Day, talking to bands, musicians, music industry folks about what it's like to be a musician in the new millennium, sans Falcon. So <laughs> this is the band, The Burn Riffs, with their track, My Brother, on Independence Day.
And that is the Burn Riffs. They are our guests here tonight on Independence Day in our studios in Pasadena, California. We're very thankful they've come all the way to the east side. These guys are west side guys, and I always joke that anything west of Western Avenue is west LA to me. I don't go over there if I can't help it. But uh, I'm glad other people do because it's, it's uh, you know, it makes L.A. what it is. It's a beautiful place. And there's, there's this thing, you know, in school there's the concept of proximity. Like they talked about this a lot. And it seems like there's a story here. Like the genesis of this band started because you guys all lived in the same block. Is that correct? Tell me a little. Somebody jump in. Tell me a, a little about this. A few this. of us. This is Kevin. Okay. Uh, I was actually playing in another band. Rick had his own band. And uh, we, our band was kind of disassembling. And uh, we actually were looking for a new drummer for our band. Scott r- tried out for it. Uh, we didn't end up continuing with that, but he, just by sheer luck, he ended up living on our same street. This was months later. I saw Rick out in the street one day, and I said, hey, how's things going with your band? You want to get together, play some music? We ended up doing some things, got a gig. I called up Scott. He was right up the street. He joined us to, uh, two nights before our first gig. And uh-huh. It was a good thing I was hanging there. out in the street. <laughs> is that is that a normal thing that you? Do? I just hang in the street. I have a lawn chair. Do you hear about those two Actually. girls? I think it was in Pennsylvania. They they were sunbathing in the middle of the road, and they they fell asleep and got run over. Oh, oh my god! They're like they're they're alive, but they uh, it's, it's kind of like a news like a weird news tidbit huh. thing I read the other day. Like, so what's the moral of the story? Don't bad ones. I think the moral of the story is I think you hear a lot about a lot of bands. This is Rick. Um, Don't sunbathe. That, don't that, sunbathe. That, uh, Be awake. Yeah, exactly. That you uh, don't forget where you are. And uh, no, that uh, there's, a, I mean, I think even you two, when they first started, they were all in high school together, weren't they? Yeah. So I think a lot of proximity happens, you know, in, in sometimes small communities. And then we, we reached out further and, and we found Clay um, on another street. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a story to that too, though. We were talking about this while we were setting up this, this, uh, this evening. Um, yeah. the, the, the band Cracker. You know, or Camper Van Beethoven has a part to play in this. Why don't you tell me a little about that, Clay? Clay. Yeah, this is this is this is Clay, and I was I, I'm big Cracker fan, and I was pumped. You know, when they when they came to L.A., and I went to go see them, and yeah, I got there a little early, and uh, I love Camper as well. And before the show, I was, and that's Camper Van Beethoven Camper we're talking Van about Beethoven. here, which for the uninitiated, uh, David Lowry, the singer from Cracker, was the front guy and singer and guitar player in Camper Van Beethoven. For those of you keeping score at home, yes, both both great bands, which which I like a lot, and. Uh, it was just before the show, I was at a bar having a drink with my friend, and Rick and I just kind of started talking about music and, like, where I work and where he works. And, uh, you know, I, I it, it helps to – I was looking kind of for a band and for, like, music. I've been out here about two years and um, came from Atlanta. And, uh, you know, so he was like, you know, yeah, we, you know, we're kind of looking for a guitar player, and here I am playing guitar, kind of, you know, wondering, you know, what's the next step with this? And so we kind of, uh, kind of just hit it off. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so now you're all together. So that was this Cracker show was just like just last year. Yeah, it was like, like I think September, September or so. And then the three of the rest of you that was like the core of this band. Like how long were you guys playing together before you met him? That was about this is Kevin. That was about two years ago. Okay, so, so the band's relatively new. And we had another guitar player at the time. Yeah, and he did, like a Spinal Tap drummer. Did he meet <laughs> an, an unfortunate demise? Or he said hello Cleveland, and that was the end of him. Yeah, <laughs> it was more like a Stein actually. Um, so, but you guys in your, in this two years, you know, you've got some accolades going on here. You know, it seems like you're really, you know, invested with your fans. Your, your web presence is pretty strong. Um, the first question is like, you know, when it comes to things like that, who, who gets the dirty job of, of taking care of web stuff? This is Rick. We all were responsible. I get, we, we sort of, uh, in charged, uh, Scott with the Facebook, 
responsible for helping with with uh, the likes. You know, right, right. to get the likes, right? Yeah, yeah. Then we got Clay that's uh, responsible for the Twitter and sort of okay. the banter. He's got a, he's a he's a really good writer. And um, and then uh, Kevin's sort of doing the music sort of technical side of it. I don't really do anything. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, sorry, you guys talk. <laughs> Yeah, we, I think Kevin and I are, are learning back and forth how to how to build a band website. And yeah, I think we're we almost graduated from band website college. It's not like it used to be. You know, it used to be. You know, you like you found your friends, you got a six pack, you played in the garage, you wrote some songs, and then you were world famous. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's different now. Like now, you uh, you know, you really have to be invested and spend time in the interwebs, like building like an online presence. You Definitely, know, it's... you have to kind of generate your own buzz. Yeah, you got to put that time in. This is Kevin. Um, you got to put that time in because you got you know your Reverb Nation or uh, whatever. Page I can't keep up. There's so many up. now. Yeah. Yeah, you need kind of a place to put up your tracks and your music. You got to have a YouTube account or a Vimeo account. Yeah. Place to put awesome. your videos and accumulate that. Um, you want your social pages. You got to have uh, everybody updated on Twitter, Facebook, yeah. and it's it's a lot of work to keep that going. And it's nice that you divvy it up, though, because, I mean, that's the thing, like, the last several bands, I mean, maybe I'm just a control freak, but, like, I, I, would, I was always really motivated and spent a lot of time at it, and I kind of burned out because it was like, you know, I would try to get other people to do things. My guitar player, you know, I love him to death, but he was in medical school, so he doesn't have any free time, you know, and just my bass player at the time, you know, still a good friend of mine, but he worked for a record label during the day, so the last thing he wanted to do was spend any time pushing a band online. And, you know, my drummer, I don't even think he had a computer. I mean, he didn't even have a driver's license when we were playing together. So, and I, I still, again, I love this guy too. Um, but, you know, so it wound up being me and it was too much. Like it was, like it was starting to take the fun out of it because right, I was yeah. spending more time screwing around, trying to get uh, building websites and making posters. And you know, it's like, a, I'm guessing I'm complaining, but it was just a lot of work. You know, within that, this is Rick, within that, um, uh, the chemistry of the band, you, you figure out who's good at what, you know, you know, yeah. we got, we got, we got Clay, who's a really good writer. So I think it's really important when you talk about social media and when you're putting forth, uh, things on your Facebook and your Twitter, the voice of what, what that's, and he had to correct me on it. He's like, well, I, you know, say I do, I'm doing this cause it's the band, you know, it's the right. we thing yeah. and you're inviting in the invitation. You really want to invite people in to comment, to, you know, post yeah. and, so it's all about that invitation that you're giving to those folks. And how much, I mean, every band's got a different, like, uh, like power-sharing agreement. I don't want to say power because it sounds kind of weird. But, like, what's the, um, are you, how much of a band are you? You know, is everything democratic? Is it benevolent dictatorship? Like, who's, you know, are, do you write, I guess another way to approach that is do you write together? You know, Good question. Or, yeah, um, this is Kevin. Uh, as, as far as uh, lyrics, um, so far, I, the, a lot of the dynamics have changed since Clay joined the band because he really brings a great energy and a sound, um, and really and good hair. Yeah, <laughs> great hair. You know, Thanks, guys. guitar players should you know should have should have good hair. Yeah, and, but really, it's a collaborative process. But everybody brings like certain parts. He he's got some great guitar parts. Um, he knows how to use his pedal board. We get some great new sounds, and then we collaborate musically. Uh, so far, Rick and I have been doing most of the writing and mm -hmm. the lyrics and things like that. But it's great to start with a, a great riff or a great lick. Um, you know, me and Scott laying down the, the, the rhythm section and, and coming up with new things. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the thing that's really changed, too, is like when you're writing, too, I mean, 
I have an iPhone, and this is Rick. Sorry, I, I keep forgetting to say who I am when I'm talking. So you have an iPhone, and you take it everywhere with you, and you have an, an idea. It's like, God, you know, i got to get it down. You get it down right. in a second, and then you play it back, or you send it to everybody else. You're like, oh, cool, I'll put a guitar lick to that. And so yeah. the song even can start without even... You know, having to be together. Yeah, I get the, the you know, having listened to your music and met you guys here tonight, I mean, I, I get the impression that you guys function, you know, more like a band, like a group of people that everyone contributes rather than like an auto autocratic situation where the singer writes the music, brings in the songs. And I'm not saying one's better or worse than the other, but in so many bands, it's usually the writer, whoever, whoever that is, brings in the material and everyone kind of adds their part and it goes from there. But you guys really seem like you function kind of as a cohesive unit is this am, am i delusional in this or is this really the you case could be you know <laughs> this is rick but scott gets all the money and he gives us 10 percent, and then we no he, he's, he's, he's the robbie robertson of this group and it's really uh this is kevin it's really defined our sound because each of us has such different backgrounds musically and we bring each of our own styles but i would say the burn riffs together is is none of our you know, individual styles. Yeah. We kind of, we always say this, we kind of sound like we sound. Yeah. It seems like you're allowing it to be what it should naturally be rather than trying to steer it. Right. All right. Well, all right. We've got that. Now that we've got that settled, let's hear a little bit of it. You guys want to play a tune for us maybe? Yeah, let's do it. I would love to hear what you guys are all about. You've got, like I said, you've dragged all your gear out here. We didn't do this for nothing. Yeah, all right. What's cool. this, this going to be? Well, since we're talking about writing songs, this one's called Wrote It Down. Okay. Let's hear it.
And that was the Burn Riffs. Hey, gents, it's excellent to have you here. It sounds very, very nice. How, how, how new is this, this particular song? When I say this, I meant that song. This song is, uh, gosh, this is Rick. This is song is only maybe a couple of months old. This okay. Is, and this is sort of, again, the metamorphosis of having Clay in and, you know, really collaborating together. Okay. One of the songs that sort of Kevin had brought forth and then Clay wrote this. <laughs> brought forth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brought forth. Presented it on a platter. Yeah. So it sounds kind of biblical, doesn't it? <laughs> Bring me Hassan. <laughs> um, so, uh, so now, how many songs do you guys have all told? And then there's an ancillary question. Like, you guys were all playing in different bands before this. Like, are, is everything you do together, like, new since this band started? Or Because every time I start a new band, I always carry songs forward from the last project. So is this all new or stuff that's kind of conglomerates or what is it? Yeah, this is Rick. Um, it, there is some a couple things that have trickled over from a band that I played back in South Carolina, and then some songs that I had written and actually um, revised and asked for their input. And so there's one song that we'll play tonight. That was a song from a, a while ago that sort of had a, its rebirth. Okay. Yeah, yeah I, like, I like reconstructing and deconstructing songs. I think it's really interesting because as you change musicians in a, in a group, I mean, it's going to change the song, you know, regardless. And I love, one thing I've always loved doing, and if you, if, you, if you can keep a band together long enough, you can do this, is to come up with different versions of, like, the same song. Like, I mean, and I, and I always loved as, like, as a front man singer guy, like, I was, like, because I was the guy that brought the songs into my band, was to challenge the band. Like, okay, we're going to do this song in 6-8. You know, and they'd look at me crazy, and I'd be like, okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, and off we'd go. And I would just always make sure I recorded that first time they did it, because that was always the spark. You know, you get a, a Dylan does that. You know, I'm, I'm not comparing myself to Bob Dylan in any way. <laughs> but, I mean, we are both bipedal. <laughs> We're both males, and we both walked on the, pl the planet Earth at the same time. But other than that, you know, I, my last name is A. His actual last name begins with the letter Z. Um, but so other than that, common. so much in common. But, but that's something I, I like about him is how he would really challenge his band and therefore his audience. Because he, he wanted stuff to be fresh, you know. Because his songs, you know, they're legendary and it could get really pretty stodgy if you played Mr. Tambourine Man the same way for 30, 40 years. Well, yeah, and this is Rick again. Um, we, when we went into Yahoo Music, we didn't really have a choice, you know. And getting to your point, we had to change the song because... I was going in there with an acoustic guitar. It's an acoustic setting. It was one microphone and a, and a camera facing at us. And, you know, Clay had to strip down his millions of pedals. So <laughs> Physically, he had that, to strip down. down. Really, it's, it's very important that they ask you to play naked at those shows. Yep. They didn't even pay me. Yeah. Okay, so now tell me this, this Yahoo thing, since you've referenced this. I mean, it seems like a pretty unique thing. Like, first of all, I'm, I'm not familiar with this. Tell us what it is and then how you got to be on it. All right, uh, let's work again. Um, it is a, a, a session, a live session that is an acoustic session where you play live for Yahoo Music. They record you um, they, as, a, as a video session. So it's not live streamed. No, no, it's no, it's a recorded, recorded session. Aired. So, okay. But we, we took all one takes on, on this process. I don't know, Kevin, it's, you want to speak to it? It's at their, uh, this is Kevin. It's actually at their, yeah, their corporate headquarters. So Which is it, where? It's in Santa Monica. Okay. Actually, so um, it's in their corporate headquarters. It's in a, a room. It's not a studio, or it's you know it doesn't have acoustic padding on the walls or anything like that. So you're doing a stripped-down version in front of you know a handful of people there, people working in the office, the executives, and uh, 
one of the programming executives from Yahoo caught one of our live shows. And uh, where was where were you playing? I'm curious because I want to play there. House of Blues. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to know where these people hang out. It was a House of Blues. It was a House of Blues cool. show. Yeah, and uh, and we talked to our tour. She's like, yeah, you guys are. I think you guys will fit in nicely to our our show. And it was okay. a really it was a really big honor because, like you said, you, you said Mumford and Sons did it. You know, it's nice to see it's a tiny room, very easily recognizable with the Yahoo logo, but it's a tiny room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see in Mumford and Sons play there, Neon Trees. Lady Gaga, I think, was even on the wall, wasn't she? Yeah. I don't know and what she did in that room, but <laughs> all these uh, bands coming through. As long as she through. didn't wear that meat dress, man, that's gross. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she came out of the egg in that room. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so we were one of the few. Um, mainly, oh, maybe two or three unsigned bands that say they've ever had kind of okay. go in there and do that. So, that great like, honor. It seems like an interesting, like uh, just a really interesting thing. And music is funny that way because now it's so much different than it ever has been. Like now, you, like you wind up doing these shows where you play in front of like a couple people under fluorescent lights. I remember doing in stores. In stores, like people think in stores are like these great gigs, but they actually kind of suck <laughs> because it's like usually sometimes it's kind of like a Saturday afternoon at two. And there's like bright fluorescent lights, and there's like a mom with a kid, like a snotty nosed kid <laughs> in a stroller there, who's being disagreeable. It's music is, you know, and, and it's not all bad. I mean, there's great new things too, but it's it's different. It's changed. Like, tell me ways, you know, because you guys have been playing a long time. Like you said, you played back in your hometown. Everybody seems like everyone else did, Indiana, where what have you. Like, how? Tell me how. Like, I want everyone to chime in a little bit on this. Like, tell me how it's changed. Let's start with you, Clay. How how did this? How does it change since you started like doing music? Um, since like since I started, it, it's it, it's it's changed and it kind of hasn't changed. You know, like I, um, the one thing I, I really like about this group is like how even though we feel unorganized a lot, I feel like we're more organized than we think. Yeah. And um, it's it's cool to be around. Like, like I feel like we we all are kind of chasing something that are like, you know, it's kind of intangible, but we're kind of like in the same in the same boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Scott, how about you? Yes, the hot potato. This is Scott. Um, if to me, it's I, I was I moved to LA to be a recording engineer, so I've seen it change um, from a technology standpoint, probably more than anything else. Where you know, a four-year-old with an iPad can sit down and write a symphony now, yeah. you know, to some degree, and and if their dad's connected, they'll be on the radio, you know. Yeah. So that to that to that point, it's it's a little disappointing that I feel like the the business is kind of uh, homogenized. But in another way, it's great because it's opened up op opportunities to people that never thought they, you know, had that opportunity before couldn't do it because they didn't have, you know, $75 an hour to go into a recording studio and yeah. lay down tracks for, you know, six days. I think being heard over the din now is the challenge because now that everybody can do it, everyone does do it. And that's a good thing. It's empowered a lot of people to make music, people that probably never would have even tried. But now it's, it's like an echo chamber, and everybody's making stuff. So to, to get heard above that or to get noticed, I mean, there are more avenues, but there are countless people on those avenues. So, you know, I mean, what are your strategies for, for getting attention? Like, other than using social networking, like, what do you do? Like, what do you do to create your buzz? This is Kevin. Uh, well, we, we try and be pretty picky about the live shows we play. That's that's kind of our sweet spot is, is playing out live. Um, it seems time is, is the thing that's the biggest uh, hampering of, of us, like recording and things like that. Enough time to get together. But, uh, do you guys rehearse every week? Mm-hmm. Sure do. Once, twice, three times? 
at least once a week, and then sometimes we'll have a show. Yeah. So that's almost like a rehearsal too. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I, I remember every time I go on Craigslist looking for like to either to play in a band or for whatever reason, you know, every you see all these bands like we we practice three nights a week, which like sounds like such a cool idea. I love music too, but man, I, I, I mean, I got stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got I, I got beer to drink. I've got you know I've got like trees to stare at and like in life to enjoy. You know, it's like you these young bands like they're super hungry and that's great. They're ambitious. But you know, sooner or later, they got to figure out that there's other stuff too. You know? Yeah, we've been really putting a lot of thought into lately, kind of changing our our strategy of playing out. You know, knowing when to say no. You know, yeah. in LA, like you said, there's these millions of bands willing to play and things like that. But uh, you really have to focus on how we're going to grow our audience, our fan base, and and playing more gigs with bands with similar genres. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's the worst thing, and that's that's endemic to the industry. Though every time, I mean, I can't tell you how many bands I played. Like I'd show up with like my twangy rock band, and there'd be like a metal band, and a polka band, and a klezmer band, and like a, ra a rap act, you know. And it's like, you know, you wonder, you know, what these booking people are doing. You know, do, do you not pay attention at all? You know? No, I'm la I'm laughing at you because it's exactly what happened to us recently. Um, this is Rick. We played a we played a big show at the Key Club, and. Uh, and we really felt, you know, I mean, it was a great gig. I mean, we love playing that venue. It, it's it's a monstrous place. It's an amazing stage. The people were super kind to us. But we were sort of sandwiched. There was a couple bands there that didn't really feel like our genre. And I think, you know, like it is, that it's that benefit thing. How can we benefit from a band that sort of ha is in that same vein yeah. and really, you know, cherry-picking the shows? Now, I, I've, I've never been a booking guy, so maybe I'm just talking out of my rear end here, but, I mean, it seems like with just a little bit of foresight and, and, and like, research and it's a tiny little bit of work, you could find five, four, but three bands, two bands of the same genre, and it would probably be mutual benef mutually beneficial because those bands are going to be cross-pollinization between their fans. They're probably going to like each other's bands, which then increases everyone's fan base, and then it makes people more jovial and want to drink more, which then mm -hmm. makes the bottom line bigger, and everybody wins. But it just doesn't seem to happen that way. Yeah, it's, uh, this is Kevin again. It's short-sighted of the venues to kind of do that because really you, know, you would think they want to build a bit of a scene and have people come out and enjoy a whole evening of music, yeah. three or four bands, you know, you hear some new stuff, you hear your favorites. Um, yeah, because I've left shows, like, you know, gone to see a friend's of mine's band, like, we were planning on being there for the night, and some other band will come up, and it's just, you know, I, I, I'm, admittedly, I'm kind of a bastard about the music that I like, so if, it's, if it offends my musical sensibilities, I'm just going to split, but... You know, and I, I'm open-minded to an extent, but if they're bad and it's a style I don't like, it's like if it's a style I don't care for, but the band is good, I'm into it. That's cool. I've said it for years. Like Metallica is not my thing, but they're actually good. You know, and there's a lot of bands like that. Like I, they may not like that particular style, but I like seeing people be good at it, whatever it is. You know, and we actually we never got cut to finish here. Like, talk, tell me how I mean, both of you before. Let's, I want to hear a song again in a couple of minutes. Um, but Kevin, tell me like how has it changed the business or the, the just playing music since you started this whole crazy thing well i'm i'm fairly new to playing so i never had to go through the old recording process of you know recording analog or anything so i've i've kind of embraced technology quite a bit and just little things like rich rick touched on it before uh, we we kind of all have garage band on our iphones or yeah. our ipads and just writing playing stuff sharing it collaborating emailing a riff here and yeah. being able to play off each other's you're listening to this guitar riff. Yeah. You know, we can send it over. I can write some lyrics, do a bit of a song structure and things yeah. like that. So 
that's that's great where yeah. you didn't have that ease of use and and you can com- combine the tracks yeah you know live as opposed to I remember the, the first like major example of this I can remember is Queen's Reich when ADATs were really popular like I remember reading an article in guitar one of the guitar magazines where they all had ADATs because that back then because it was eight tracks per tape like you know one guy could like Back then, you actually physically had to mail the tape, but you could, like, one guy could lay down a few tracks and then mail the tape to the other guy, and then he'd put it in his machine, and they'd add a couple things. And they did this, for whatever reason, Queensryche all live in different places, and they were that's how they put some stuff together, which at the time sounded like such a, like, I don't want to say innovative. It sounded novel, you know, at the time. Like, oh, that's kind of great. They've got all kinds of money. Look what they can do. But now it's commonplace. You know, everyone does that. Yeah. I mean, it, this is Rick now, but the one thing I think that really helped us a lot, too, is um, Dropbox. You know, uh-huh. Kevin... Has a, we have a little uh, Zoom, which I think you can pick up for what 125 bucks, like you know, 99 dollars, yeah. and you rec- it's a little handheld digital recorder. Yeah, yeah. handheld digital recorder. We record our sessions, upload it to Drop that evening, upload it to Drop. This is you know this is and send it straight to David Geffen. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's uh, that's I think that's revolutionized at least you know how we can hear ourselves or we're hearing something wrong. We can yeah. improve ourselves immediately. It's immediate feedback. Um, you know, it's it, these types of things obviously have leveled the playing field for a lot of bands. Yeah. But I think the one thing that that will constantly, you know, define a band is how well do you play live. So okay, great. You you can record a wonderful song. Great, great, great. All right, I want to see you live and see how you yeah. see, can you pull it off. Yeah, that's the thing is now you can fix everything. There's the whole you know, the whole auto tune concept, mm-hmm. and I, this is a phrase I use constantly. But it's like you can use its power for good or you can use its power for evil. And that goes with any technology, you know. And I just, I, I'm hoping that I like it when the kids, the young bands, they use the power for, for good instead of evil. That's the moral. Kids, so, so you listen up out there, you. Those kids. You kids. <laughs> Those meddling kids. kids. And I'm keeping your ball. Uh, so how about a tune? Let's do it. All right. Well, this is uh, Independence Day. My name is Joe Armstrong. Thank you, as always, from the bottom of my heart for tuning in. I do my absolute best, along with our crew here, to bring you the best musicians and people in the business here to talk about it, what it's like. It's the inside information, man. It's the inside scoop. You should tune in every week, Wednesday night. You can check it out at indepthday.com. And uh, the Burn Riffs are here with me tonight, and they're going to play another song for us. What is this, gentlemen? This one's called I Could Tell You. That's the name of the song. All right. Rock and or roll, boys.
And that, again, here on Independence Day, that is the Burn Riffs. We are very happy to have them in our studios here in Pasadena. And so that's the rock and roll music, man. Two guitars, bass, and drums, but yet it all becomes new again when you get four guys playing together doing stuff who... Doing, make making new music here. So when it, I, as, as the song was playing, the song the, the the thought kept coming into my head, um, which is not the question I set out to ask. But like every band, it seems to me has like the the cover song that they always jam in rehearsals. You know, like that like that, for whatever reason, everybody knows it, or like they only know like the first twenty bars of it. Like, what is that song for you guys? <laughs> Go to. Ace of Spades. Huh? <laughs> yeah, come on. There's got to be something that you guys like, that, that, yeah. or like one person always plays and everyone else rolls their there eyes. Is yeah, this is Clay, a guitar player. Yeah, I, I I feel like probably the kind of our go-to cover is is Can't Hardly Wait by the Replacements, but that's when we actually play live and we, we like to play okay. a lot. Yeah, well, I guess I'm, I'm thinking not, I mean, this is more of a fun question. I mean, it's less like what songs you actually cover, but like what song do you always whip into in rehearsals? Or, or like, I'm even amusingly so, where like somebody knows the riff for Freebird, or someone knows Skinner the riff Bill. for it's inter- for Nowhere Man, and you start playing it. Yeah, no, totally. It's Clay again. It's it's interesting because I feel like we usually start. I feel like playing one of our songs because it kind of goes back to like our different. Like we all have something different. We'll, we'll jump into sometimes, and like sometimes one of us hasn't even heard that song or something. Right. I feel like I feel like we're usually uh, kind of starting with something we wrote or. How much overlap is there in your musical taste? I mean, everyone kind of has the stuff that they that they bring into here, but like, who who do you think in the band has the most eclectic or kooky taste in music? Have I stumped you? <laughs> Everybody's That's pointing tough. at each other. So. Yeah, we're, we're maybe all... Kevin, maybe Kevin. I mean, I think Kevin and I are kind of eclectic, but I think Kevin too more in extreme, for sure. He's always discovering new tunes. Oh, what do you yeah. think of this guy's? And yeah. indie, and a lot of indie rock stuff, which is great. We yeah. Like, a lot of indie rock, a lot of um, the old kind of uh, British bands. That, you know, I kind of was raised on the Clash. You're wearing a, is, is a Sex Pistols T-shirt. You're wearing here. Is that what? No, that it is? just looks like it. Okay. <laughs> it does look like it though. It's T S L L. No, I was, I was going to say this, but it sounds terrible. It's like one of those Target shirts that kind of looks like a like a cool band shirt. Yes, not saying your shirt's shirts, not cool. Of course, I, of course, it's cool. And there's nothing wrong with Target. Nothing Target's all well Target. and good. It's all well and good. So, tell we're me sponsored the, by Target, aren't you? Are you? Are we sponsored? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you to be careful who we voice it. Yeah, shh. Don't, don't, don't say that. They'll have to give me money. Um, so, now, the, the question I do have, though, is you guys did this really innovative thing. Like, um, technology is such an important thing for bands now. We've kind of been touching on this all night. You know, and for what it's worth, if people want to learn about your band, there's Facebook.com slash The Burn Riffs, which is pretty traditional, spelling T-H-E-B-U-R-N-R-I-F-F-S. So if people want to learn about your band, that's where they should go. Do you guys have a Twitter feed as well? Yes, we do. Which Same is thing, the Burn Riffs. The Burn Riffs. Okay. And so, but the other one thing that you guys did, which I think is kind of unique. I mean, band, more and more bands are making videos, which is funny because I've watched videos in my life go from not existing to being the most amazing thing ever in the early '80s to completely going away. And now everyone's doing them DIY style at home. And you guys seem to kind of do like the ultimate DIY style by like the fame, the buzzword is crowdsourcing, which is just a, another way of saying you somehow talked your fans into filming a video for free, essentially. So how did, who hatched this idea? Uh, it's interesting. Uh, this is Rick. We were working with a, a younger guy that's a videographer, and we were talking about ideas, and he's got a, uh, his own company called Grip Reality. And he's like, you know, what would you think? We were talking about different ideas, and I guess we, we gelled the idea together. And he's like, well, what about different people taking it? And I said, well, 
are you going to be able to help us and edit it? You know, because we, you know, funding for a startup band for us, was, it's been tough. So he, um, you know, he wanted to do it. And um, it, with the way the video came out was everybody, you can even see it on the, on the crowdsourcing video. He actually panned, one of the people that had a cell phone panned across the audience. And you can see all the people taking it. And then once we got all the we got all the video back, there was different colorations. So you know, yeah. we just I just said, hey, let's just shift it all into black and white. Okay. And I think it would it would look a lot better, even though it was with this most modern technology meets yeah. like this old sort of look, which I think sort of describes us in a way. We're sort of like here we are, a modern sound, but I think there's a lot of older influences that yeah. sort of take on our band. Necessity is the mother of invention, and like these happy accidents that happen. Like sometimes, you know, someone will forget to turn their phone on color, some random thing like that, and then it becomes the only way that you can do it. But that becomes innovation in a way. It's like taking something that you didn't, you thought was a limitation, and turning it into an advantage, an advantageous situation for you and your band. So now, how many, I mean, this. As someone who does a little bit of video editing, it seems like it could almost be a nightmare. You could have like you know two hundred people with their camera sending you big files, and then you have to sort through all of them and then sync them all up together. And like, who got tasked with that? Well, I think it was I think it was mostly our our guy. Thank God, our our videographer that that we sent everybody to upload it to one page. And I think a lot of you know. Some people were challenged out there and couldn't because it's such a big file. You know, after yeah. four minutes, five minutes, you know, we pushed everybody to do it to YouTube and then send us a link. You know, and I mean, literally, we had we probably had fifty people taking video, and wow. at the end of the day, six people <laughs> turned in videos. So uh -huh. even though it was a crowdsourced video, we probably at the end of the day had six people, yeah. um, really from different angles, um, sending, finally getting and begging, and you know, we were like, Can we make sure you get somebody's business card or telephone number or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. like. I definitely will send it to you. You know, it's, it's, so it's it's tough sometimes. And any, I mean, any other plans to do other videos anytime soon? Do you guys do this in a venue? I guess is another question. We, yeah, the okay. pl same place that you were asking us about earlier, okay. uh, the House of Blues. Okay. It, it was. Um, did you have to get permission at all from House of Blues to have them do that, or do they just not know about it? I think you know. No, we, it's just non. We, we did have uh, <laughs> we did have one high def uh, camera that uh, grip reality. Lewis was using to, to shoot us. Um, but everybody else, everybody's carrying a, a camera phone. Yeah. And the, we were having a great show as it was, and, and this was our last song. And you could just see when the camera pans, the smiles on people's faces. They, they love doing it, even though some of them didn't know what to do with it afterwards. They couldn't send it to us. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's 50 people out there with, yeah. you know, the video of, of uh, that performance. But did everybody that, was really was into it, it. Did that look strange on stage? Like looking out and seeing like a bunch of people standing there because usually yeah, well, kind this of is, annoying. <laughs> I gotta jump in here. This this is like, the, the strangest thing is we actually had one really um, zealous fan, enthusiastic. Or, excuse me, enthusiastic fan that was like you know in my face. Look at me! <laughs> you can have one foot. You can even hear her, I think on the microphone. Look at me, Rick. <laughs> So that was, yeah, that was that was the strange part. But Clay, you want to jump in? Yeah, this is Clay. I feel like the coolest uh, kind of side effect of that whole thing was anybody coming into the show at that moment. We look like, I mean, every single person is just like filming. So we, yeah. we kind of just like looked like, you know, this was like a whole stage thing or something. The reunited Beatles. Yeah, yeah, it, like it would really just like, hey, let's, you guys, could you like film this and send it? You know, but it was, it looked really cool, like when we were yeah. playing. Technology is funny that way because, you know, people have so much power to do these things, but they have no idea what to do with it. You know, my, I mean, you know, my phone shoots HD video, and I've, I've taken some kind of fun videos on here, but, I mean, maybe it's a generational thing, but I, 
I actually must have to remind myself that I can do it because I couldn't for so long. You know, I had I had, a, I had a point and shoot camera that could shoot video, but it was crappy. And then, you know, I got this phone, and now it shoots really high quality video. And I think I could do really cool, creative things with this. But I'm a busy guy, and I don't remember. You know, that's half the problem. It's like I need to set my phone up with reminders to remind myself to shoot random videos of random things, just to be part of this new YouTube culture thing, oh, culture deal. So, but anyway, enough talking about technology. How about another tune? Let's do it. Another tune. You guys are a rock band. Do what you do best. All right. What is this? Uh, we do uh, Hello Mary. Cool.
That is the burn riffs here on Independence Day. That's very, very nice, gentlemen. That's probably about all the time we've got in terms of getting music in here with you guys. We just got to want to wrap things up and find out. But you guys have got some shows coming up we want to talk about here. You've got one just this coming Sunday, which is the 6th of May. I'm thinking April. Can you believe it's May? Okay. May 2012. The whole world ends this mm-hmm. December, so we really got to make sure we make the rest of this year count. We do. Those yeah. lines. So, you know, you guys get a lot well, of shows in. Write more songs, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Don't don't waste it. Um, but this is a show. It's a benefit show. Uh, the Venice Skills Center, it looks like, a window between worlds, which is a benefit for victims of domestic violence. That's correct. correct. Is that a free show or is that, is that a... Well, it's a benefit, so it's probably our most expensive show yet. It's a pretty pricey ticket, but okay. uh, it's a it's a great cause, and we're re- this is our third year doing okay. this. Um, so we're really, really um, excited to be doing it again. That's this Sunday. What time? We go on, I think, around 1 o'clock. The benefit starts at 12 and goes to 4, and okay. there's also another artist that we're playing Inside, with. outside? It's outside. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Outside shows are fun. Mm-hmm. You get to wear your sunglasses, maybe get some, maybe get some sun in California. If the weather would uh, cooperate. They're not burned, like... Exactly. Somebody not, else not we know. Like me, I'm molting. I, uh, I I did a mountain hike not too long ago here, and I've been. I feel like a bug. Like I've been. My skin's just coming off in flakes here. Uh, it's disgusting. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, another show. This is a big show. It sounds like here at the Mint, which is a great venue. It's kind of an interesting venue because it's small. So you put a few people in there, and the room is packed. I like seeing bands at the Mint, um, and that's with uh, another great artist who I've always liked. I've liked for a very long time, Mr. Freddie Johnston. And how did you get hooked? Excuse me. How did you get hooked up with that gig? Just uh, contacted them and through, uh, just like you're talking about technology, shared with them our videos, our uh, Facebook page, uh, the kind of music that we did. We, we talked about a couple different dates, and this was a good fit for us, so yeah. we're excited to play it. Freddie Johnston, big fan of that guy. And tickets are available probably at the Mint box office, I would guess. Yes. Yeah, and, and even beforehand, I think you can buy tickets on, we'll be selling some tickets on through our site. Okay, so very go. nice. To our website. Very nice, and I, I would love. Maybe I'll come out and see that show. I mean, I'd love to see you guys do the, your thing. Plus, of course, I'm a big fan of Freedy. I know. I got a bad <laughs> reputation. Big fan of that guy. Such a crazy voice. Love it though. It's a like one of those guys like unbelievably critically acclaimed. Yeah. You know, just. Uh, well, he did a record with Butch Vig, you know, and then like so he got like he was on his way, and then uh, you know I think their industry just fell out from underneath him, just like it did with so many other people. I mean, he's still around, he's still doing it, um, but I don't think you know. At one point, I saw him like you know he was traveling with a band, you know, he's out playing. I think he was. I saw him with Matthew Sweet at one point in Chicago. Oh, wow, great show. Um, anyway, so guys, I can't thank you guys enough for coming out, spending your your Wednesday evening with us here on Independence Day. Um, it's great to get to know you. I can't wait to hear. Make sure you keep me, you know, keep me informed. Let us know when the CP is coming out. You know, we'll do. and uh, you know maybe we can get some copies, do some giveaways or something fun like that. So anyway, Rick, Kevin, Scott, Clay from the Burn Riffs, thank you very, very much for coming out and playing tonight. Thanks, Thanks for you. having Thanks us. For having it's us. Really it's my pleasure. Thank you again to the Burn Riffs, also to the greatest staff in radio, the Independence Day staff, Dale Tanksley and Wayne Topinski. Also, as always, to Valentina Rivera, Jamie Say, and Alex Ortega from Lancer Radio. For Independence Day, I'm Joe Armstrong. Please be good to one another.